0: Another day. Another dollar makes you wonder where you are not You can scream and you can holler. It really doesn't matter. Hi
1: folks, this is Jack Spear. All another edition of this survival podcast as always one man the changing world, the changing times and the things that we can all do to live a better life. When times get tough or even if they don't, coming to you today from Arlington, Texas. Today is February the 8th, it's a Monday, this is episode 373 of the Survival Podcast. Man, we are getting close to 400, that's going to be a, a big deal, I believe, when we get to our 400th episode. Um... Interesting note. Today I am broadcasting on backup power. That is correct. The uh, power went out this morning, and I do not have uh, power, uh, but I do have redundancies and backups, so they are now coming to play. I don't think it's going to be a major blackout or anything. I think it's just going to be a typical uh, few hours. Also, I'm going to rock on with the show. I may have a few things left out because of that, uh, but you know we're going to we're going to make do with what we have. Uh, and we're going to talk about some interesting things today. I usually do kind of a listener feedback show, to, and we're going to sort of kind of do that today. But today we're not going to do your questions. Today I'm going to go over some video uh, and some articles that uh, a lot of people have said to me. Some of them have come from one person, but most of these have come to me from multiple sources. And I've got some interesting things to talk about with you today in regard to um, our government, our economy, and what we can learn by looking at places where disasters uh, are happening right now, little ones, big ones, things like that. So uh, we're going to rock on on backup power today. I guess the, the show will probably be delayed a little bit being published. It's probably going to take me a long time if the power doesn't come back up to publish my podcast over my AT&T wireless card. But one way or another, there will be a show today. So let's get on with it. Uh, first, let's take care of our sponsors as part of our housekeeping. Sponsor of the day number one is a new sponsor that we're welcoming to the Survival Podcast called Common Sense Prep. These guys are really cool. and They've come up with some really interesting things for the prepper. Uh, I like their down-to-earth approach. They fit the philosophy of the show very well. One of the things they have that looks very cool is called Rainwater Hog, which is a unique way to do water harvesting. It's not in an inexpensive way, but it's a very good uh, way to do it, and it has uh, a lot of advantages. I'll let you check that out for yourself, along with their other products. They have some really cool products that aren't available for our, from our other sponsors. That's why I thought they were a good addition, and that's why the Advertising Council, Council approved them. And um, I, I want you to check out their site give them a warm welcome. Uh, next sponsor of the day today is MERS-radio.com. Again, MERS-radio.com. Remember, best way to find our sponsors, go to the thesurvivalpodcast.com, click on their banners. Um But MERS radio, man, I'll tell you what. I I love my MERS equipment. It is so cool to have a backup means of communication. It doesn't do what ham radio does. Uh, of course. But for communication amongst members of the family for up to a mile or two, it's really great. But the way that it takes that communication extension capability and and, and brings security into that with motion sensors and alert sectors, is really cool. I mean, right here in suburbia, if nothing else, I know every time my 100-pound dog is trying to escape uh, the fence because he goes and sets off the sector to alert, uh, and I can check on him and make sure he doesn't get away because we don't want to lose him. Uh, But For peace of mind, I know if somebody's at my front door trying to get into my backyard, moving around my shed. And I think when we move to Arkansas, this is going to be even more valuable, trying to keep security on a bigger piece of property. So I think it's a really low-cost, innovative way um, to, to do things like that. So let's move on from there. Next up today, I want to remind you to get involved with our forum. Our forum is a great place. You'll make really great connections. I've said this before. I think there's a Ph.D. in prepping and self-sufficiency and self-reliance waiting for anybody that wants it on our forum. The information is there. It's just up to you to go get it and make connections and interact with people. So please join our forum today if you haven't. Last but not least, consider joining the Survival Podcast Supporting Members Brigade do that, you'll get exclusive content available only to members. Uh, It's $5 a week or $50 a year and it's members like you that support the show. It really is. I only get about 10% of our show's revenue from sponsors. It will always be that way because I am most accountable to you, the audience, not to to, to the sponsor. So you always know you get honest, direct opinions from me and that lets me keep my sponsor pool very limited and highly selective. Alright, one more thing I want to do today. I'm going to run a contest today. It's going to seem like a little bit of a weird contest, uh, because it's going to seem like I'm advertising for a competitor. This guy's not a competitor. He's a good personal friend. He runs a website called ITS Tactical. Again, ITS Tactical. And he's launching his own membership drive today. He's taking 250 what are called plank owner memberships, which has some significance from the Navy. I won't go deep into that to keep it brief, but... Plank owners get some pretty cool stuff—a free shirt, plank owner identification on his forum. They get to contribute to the content on the site, and he's doing a similar thing to me. He's got discounts, but different vendors than I have. One is called Coin Spire, Spycoin, something like that, and it's like nickels and quarters, and they look just like normal coins, but you can actually hide like uh, an MMC card or a micro SD card inside them. And that's just one of his vendors. So I think his uh, program is pretty solid. I consulted with him, helped him put it together. Uh, and I can definitely recommend it highly. If you want to be a Plank member, if you know of ITS Tactical, if you're already a reader on his site you want to do that, don't wait uh, to see if you won. If you win today, what I'm going to give away is two of his memberships. He said, I'll refund their money and cancel their secondary account. Because once it's 250 he's going to close this. Um, so you can check out that membership, decide if it's something you want to participate in. But if you want to play for a free membership, I will give away to the 10th responded and 40th responded by email today a free membership to Brian's ITS uh, uh, membership site as a Plank owner member first 250 founding members and uh, the way to play today is you have to be a my listener appreciation contest which means that you've filled out a form on my site agreed to tell other people about my show or you can't play send me an email send me the in the body of the email the email address that you used when you joined my contest uh, your name and that's it. That's all these to be in today's body of today's email. And in the subject line, put ITS tactical. That's like two words. ITS, like it's, space, tactical, just like that, or your, your entry is not valid. And remember, you can only play once. With that, I'm going to move forward and get into the main topic of today's show, which, again, is sort of a feedback show, but these are all articles and things like that that listeners sent me. Okay, the first one I want to talk to you about is going to sound like a local story, but real quick I'm going to make it evident to you why it applies to everybody because it affects the uh, the one thing that really affects us all, that we all need to survive. And we realize how much we need it the second we have to do without it, and that is water. Well, residents of a little town called Azle, Texas, which is on Eagle Mountain Lake, I believe, on the west side of Eagle Mountain Lake, just a little bit outside of Fort Worth, kind of a Fort Worth suburb, uh, currently are doing without water. Now, why are they doing without water? Over the weekend, a major water uh, line, about a, I think it's a 12-inch main, was, uh, would burst due to temperature changes or ground shifting or whatever. They're not even really sure why. But it turned a little street into kind of a flood zone. And now they have low pressure throughout the town of Hazel. So this is the advisory that was issued yesterday, February 7th at 10.15 a.m. Residents in AISL are being asked to boil tap water after a water line break. The notice was issued amid concerns of low water pressure. Fair enough. Listen very carefully. If you know anything about boiling water for survival needs, you'll realize the whole of this. Residents are advised to boil water vigorously. Uh, once boiling, continue to boil water for two minutes. This is the government advising people how to make their water safe. How long do you have to boil water to make it safe? The answer, and if you don't know, I'm not putting you down, but I am putting down the government, is zero minutes. Zero seconds. As soon as the water boils, it's safe. Why? Because the bacteria, everything that you can kill in water, actually begins to die about 180 degrees Fahrenheit. If you hold water at 180 degrees Fahrenheit long enough, you'll actually make it safe to drink, believe it or not. 190, absolutely. Well, the time it takes... With the water at a a level that starts to kill everything, so the time it takes for the water to go from 180 to 212, in that time period, you kill everything anyway. So, I'm not going to beat this one up because nobody's going to get hurt by it, but that's about conservation of energy. In a crisis situation, the last thing you want to do is continue to use your energy resources beyond what's required like I said, to be fair to the government, I'm not going to beat on them that much. No one's going to get that hurt by this. And I guess what they're doing is they're covering their ass to make sure people actually get a boil. because then they say just boil water, and someone will say, well, it was boiling, and it wasn't really boiling. So, okay, fine. Governmental CYA. Now, here's the next thing. Um, there's no word on when the advisory would be lifted. ASL is located in northwest Fort Worth. Okay. Or northwest of Fort Worth. Okay, so the warning's not that big a deal. But here's what I know from firsthand accounts. All the store shelves in Azle are currently vacated of bottled water. No bottled water. Stores are going crazy trying to get more supply in. Now here's the thing, folks. Azle's not that big a place. If people drive less than 10 miles, there's plenty of grocery stores with plenty of water. But what they do is they tear apart their own shelves first, and then they freak out when there's no more. This is a very localized problem right now, and it's still adversely affecting people. Now, on top of it, part of the reason that I i would probably say the reason I'm broadcasting on Backup Power today, it is pouring, absolutely pouring rain right now outside of my door. I mean like Noah's Ark pouring. And I know that it poured at least for a while up in A's. So it's probably still pouring there right now. If those people had limited rainwater catch, you could catch probably 200 gallons of water in about two minutes right now. You are probably out a good rain catch system off your roof at about 100 gallons a minute right now. That's the kind of rain we're talking about. Don't know if you can hear it in the background out there. I'm trying to chill out some of the background noise that some of you guys have been complaining about, so hopefully I've been able to do that even with, you know, backup power on today. But that's the situation that we're in right now. Absolute pouring rain. So if these people had something like a Berkey water filter and some rain catch, right? And rainwater's clean anyway. But since it comes off your roof and all you know, you want to filter it and whatnot. They had that. They would be able to flow right through this, because it's not going to last forever. It's one little area. So, there's the precarious position that we're in from one little town. Now, as always, you never get the best part of the story from the media or from the city. You get the the best part of the story from a resident dealing with it. There's one comment on this little story from a person named Bucky Nance. Here's Bucky's comment. Boil alert. There hasn't been any water since about 1 o'clock at my house. I called the municipal office, and they told me that they called a crew from Houston to come up to assist. With Fort Worth water, Dallas water, the Trinity River Authority, and about a dozen other municipalities. They uh, At first, it was just a leak. to isolate To isolate the leak and fix it, someone broke the valve stem that shuts off the water. Now they have two problems. Okay, I want you to really, this seems like a little non-event. you got to understand what this means for us if systems of support start to fail. One water line in one little North Texas town called Azle breaks. To fix the one water line, the city of Azle has to get help from the city of Houston, the city of Fort Worth, the city of Dallas, the Trinity River Authority, and a dozen other municipalities. And even with all that help, the first thing that they did was make the problem worse and increase the duration. I'm not putting any of those people down. I'm sure it's a mistake that I would have been able to make if I would have been part of the response team. It's just a human condition. But this is the point. These people are without water. There hasn't been a hurricane. There hasn't been a tornado. None of the surrounding cities have been affected adversely in any way. Dallas isn't in crisis. Houston is not in crisis. Fort Worth isn't in crisis. The dozen other municipalities helping out, they're not in crisis. And the Trinity River Authority is not in crisis. Water is available less than 10 miles away. You can go 10 miles away and find a neighbor with water and turn on their hose and fill up a bucket. It is pouring rain. The store shelves are still empty of water. And apparently, it takes 15 city governments to fix one water main. Now, I saw the break. It's a bad break. This is not a typical break, but it does tell us something. This is like 14 feet deep. It's a 12-inch main. And even to get in there and fix the break... Is dangerous because of how um, badly the, the walls around the break have been damaged uh, by the water flow. So they have to put in structural support, and it's a dangerous job to fix and I'm glad they're taking their time to do it right. None of those things are my point. My point is one water line breaks, we need 15, 15 different cities to fix it. Okay, so I'm going to talk about some scary stuff today. Really, I'm going to talk about some bad shit, to put it directly with you today. Uh, some things that our economy's headed for, some warnings from Ron Paul, all this stuff people have been sending me over the weekend. It seems like some of these problems are accelerating now. We're reaching a critical mass. What do you think is going to happen at a point where we have people that all have their own problems? Remember, this is like talking about the missed lessons of major disasters. And there's not all these nice safe areas, just five miles away to come in and help or to go to. If it takes 15 cities to fix a water line in, let's call it peace time, in happy times, in good times, what's going to happen if water's off in 20 cities during crisis? This is a great thing to wake grasshoppers up with, folks. And I want to say kudos to Bucky Nance. I don't know who you are, but I'm sure as hell glad you made that comment because now we have, as Paul Harvey used to say, the rest of the story. In fact, I say a salute of the week to Bucky Nance from the Survival Podcast for letting us know that. And Salute of the Week to Ann Ellis for telling me about this story. All right. So um, I want folks to really get this. This is something I want you to, again, share this with people and show people, look, one water line, one little town, takes 15 cities apparently to fix it, and nothing else is wrong anywhere else, and people can get water, you know, a few miles away, and it's still wiped off the shelves. What do you think is going to happen if this is bigger and there aren't 15 cities to come help? This shows you how quickly a small town can get overwhelmed. This shows you why we need self-reliance. And I'm going to tell you, we're about to start going down kind of a dark rabbit hole today. I'm going to talk about some dark things. This is the most positive thing that I have for you today until we get to the end, where I'm going to remind you what you can do about it to control your own destiny. The next one I would say should really start to scare the hell out of you. Um, Gary North is really a brilliant economist. I'm going to warn you if you watch his 90-minute presentation, he is about as exciting when he's speaking as watching paint dry on a wet day. He really doesn't have you know, charisma and positive delivery and the ability to keep you awake. But the information is critical, so what I'm saying is, you know, if I talk like this and you know, tell you about stuff and I'm kind of low-key and I don't really change inflection of my voice. I'll start to get boring really quick. But if you're sitting out in a waiting room and you're waiting to find out if you get a heart and a heart for a transplant that will save your life and there's ten other people waiting for a heart and I walk into that room and I say uh, I got a heart for one of you guys and it's... Um, the person who's getting the heart is. You're listening very intently, even though I'm not very charismatic. That's how important this information is. It's not. This information may save you, because it may wake you up in a way that I can't. Maybe you don't take this stuff seriously enough yet. But the point of Gary North's seminar, and he uses concrete numbers from the government, the government's own numbers, to lay this out. In 2011, the Social Security, actually 2010, this year, the Social Security and Medicare um, are bust. In fact, Medicare was bust three years ago. They're bankrupt. They're broke. They're out of money. They don't have anymore. They are now at negative cash flow. You say, well, if Medicare went bust three years ago, how is it still there? Well, he explains that. And he explains that it's not like it's all going to disappear tomorrow, but that it has to disappear eventually. But we've now crossed the threshold with both programs because they're Ponzi schemes. And let's start out with how he presents a Ponzi Scheme. i will see if I can make it a little more exciting for you. Uh, The Ponzi Scheme is basically set up where I set up an investment strategy. And I get two of you guys. And I tell you, if you both give me $100,000, within six months, I'm going to give you $200,000 back. And I put whatever kind of marketing spin and paint on it that I can to convince you it's a legitimate investment. Now, if I wait three months, and I go out, and I find six people and I make the same argument to them about three months later now I take in $600,000 so I have $600,000 now what I can do is I can take 400000 and I can go back to my original two investors and go there's your $400,000 now I've got your confidence and I say hell look or your two, there's your $200,000 each $400,000 to, to each, you know, between you. And, you and I say look I delivered why don't you keep your money in my look how well it worked I think I can double it again. We can't maybe be as aggressive, but I think I can double this in a year for you. And you put all or some of that money back in. Now, I have it in circulation again. And as long as I can keep bringing in new suckers, I can keep the system running. Now, the thing is, as people ask to take money out, and as I build the reverse pyramid, as I build the uh, the top of the pyramid wider and wider and wider, sooner or later it's going to collapse onto itself. Because I'm going to have people that want their money, and I'm going to have trouble finding new suckers to give me money. That's exactly how every Ponzi scheme, investing scheme, always falls apart. It could only run for so long before the desire for people to pull money out exceeds the the, the willingness of people to put new money in. Unless you're the government. Now, if you're running a Ponzi scheme like Social Security and the government, what you do is you say, all 300 million people in this country will contribute. And they'll do it at gunpoint. And you quite literally contribute to the Social Security system at gunpoint. Because if you don't, they will send people with guns to your house and put you in jail. It is no different than them walking in and go sign the form and putting a forty-four Magnum with the hammer cocked back to your head. Now, they're not going to pull the trigger, but they're going to use the gun to take away your ability to resist and take you away with it. You're forced in at gunpoint. So that makes the system run longer, because we can force more people in. The other thing that the government can do is print money out of thin air. So the Ponzi scheme guy, he has to let it run its course, and hopefully he's smart. If he's smart, not hopefully, but hopefully for him I should say, if he's smart... At some point, he skips town with $50 million or or, uh, $500 or whatever amount of money he's calculated that he can run this scheme to, and he jumps ship and he's gone and he vanishes in the thin air under a new identity. That's the only way for it to work, and it only works for the guy running the scheme. Well, your government can't vanish. Maybe it should, but it, it can't. It can't hide from you. You can find it. We all know where Pennsylvania Avenue is. We all know where the capital is. We all know where our state capitals are. They can't change their names and just go away. Though maybe they will with some of the other stuff we're talking about that's coming. But as a whole, the system can't just evaporate, disappear, and go away. It has to remain accountable to the people that are inside of it. So they don't have the ability to skip town. Though some of them, again, are skipping town. as individuals, but the system can't leave. Make sense? So the government makes fake money, sticks it in the system. I'll talk about that in a a bit with another story that you you can validate. Everything's going to have links today, folks. You can validate every single thing that I tell you today. So they can keep putting that in. But sooner or later, it gets to a point where, even with all of that, it can't sustain itself anymore. Because there's limits to how much money our government can print. From David Walker, in the past, I know, and this guy was the chief comptroller of the United States government. That means he's our top accountant. He was our top accountant under Bush the first, Bill Clinton, and for a little while under Bush the second. So this guy's not grinding political axes. He's just counting numbers. We have... Over a $100 trillion hole in the programs of Social Security and Medicare between now and 2050. 2050 is only 40 years away now, folks. It's 2010 now. Think about that. A $100 trillion hole. Everything just started to fall into now. So you know what happens when like water starts going down a hole? The hole gets bigger, and it actually gets bigger faster. Once it starts, as a trickle. And it expands. That's what's going to happen to this hole over the next 10 to 20 years. Bigger, faster. And it's going to get to a point where people are going to lose confidence in us and foreign investors are going to stop feeding our credit addiction. And eventually, the whole thing has to come falling down. Because at some point, we reach a point where the only thing that can be done by our Federal Reserve to make more money is to buy our own debt. And wait till you hear how much of that's already happening. So I think it's worth 90 minutes of your time. To listen to Gary North, to look at the numbers and to understand what he's telling you. If you are getting close to retirement age, if you are in your late 40s or older, you really need to listen to some of the things that maybe I wasn't as, you know, into. Because he was talking about calculating your retirement and things that people like that, that haven't planned. And since I've planned, and I have no plans for Social Security to come to me at all, I'm planning for zero dollars to come back to me out of that system. It's not a shock to me that it is to some people. I think for some people, it's going to be a huge shock. Now, if you're 80 and your kids have you listening to this show, don't panic. I think you'll get your money. I think it's the people that are just now entering the system that are going to have the biggest problem. To really drive the point home, the biggest thing that I will never forget from this Gary North presentation, I can't remember the lady's name, but I get the point. There was the lady that was the first person to draw a Social Security check. First one. Her total contributions were something like, $29. Because, like, they started the program, she contributed, like, once or twice, and hit retirement age the next day, you know. And she, her first check was, like, $34. This is in the 1930s. By the time she died in the 70s, she had drawn out, like, $23,000 from a contribution of $29. Just like the Ponzi scheme. The early entrant, if they take their money and run, can actually make it work for them. But the longer the scheme runs, the later you come into the game, the more likely you are to get burned by the collapse and lose everything. Well folks, we're at the end. If you're entering the system now, it's over. If you are a young person working right now, that contribution that goes to Social Security, you need to see that like pure theft of your money and understand it's a theft you can't do anything about for now, and you're never getting your money back. If you're in your middle, you know, middle years, you're 40, 50-ish, you might get some, but don't bet the farm on it. If you're like 60 right now, I don't know how much you'll get before it falls apart. But if you are 35 and you have not yet started planning for your retirement, you're in the most dangerous situation. Because in your head, you're sitting on debt. You're not making the right investments. You're not thinking right. And in your head, when you're 70 or 65 or whatever you think it is, you're going to start getting that check from the government. There's at least going to be enough to keep the lights on, keep a roof over your head, and pay the basic bills. It ain't going to happen. You're not getting any. And you've burned a lot of your life earnings already it's time to start doing something. That's Gary's message. I am way behind that message today. I think you need to hear it and understand it. So let's go to the next story that ties right into this one. So the next story, and I'm going to try not to go too deep into this, and if you want to understand the numbers behind it, you can read the story. It's on the Economic Collapse blog. But the story headline is, it's now mathematically impossible to pay off the U.S. national debt. And the upshot of the story is pretty simple. Right now, if we took all the money that exists, every dollar, every penny, every cent, every ten, every twenty, from every billionaire, from every millionaire, if we rob Tommy's piggy bank, and we take all the money, we go out into foreign countries where people are holding American dollars and take the money back, we take all the money that exists and put it in one big pile, not enough money exists to pay off the national debt due to something called fractional reserve banking which simply means that our money is loaned into existence. So that when our government wants more money in the system, the only way they get it is they borrow it. You know, I think a lot of people don't get that yet. If you've listened to the show for a while, you probably do. But it pretty much works this way. Our government decides they want another half a billion dollars into our economy. So they go to the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve, in a best-case scenario, sells something called a Treasury bond. Anybody can buy a Treasury bond. You can buy a Treasury bond. In fact, a lot of our Treasury bonds, for all our wailing about how much we owe the Chinese and the British, a lot of our Treasury bonds are held by Americans. And they're purchased with U.S. dollars inside a closed-loop system. That'll make sense in a second. Okay? So they sell these, and then they print up. So those are pink, to make this simple, like this is what the blog says. And then they print up a bunch of green pieces of paper, though I don't consider our money green. It's kind of a grayish green. Call Federal Reserve notes, and they pump those into the system. That's the dollars that you and I spend. But that government, or that money is not given to the government. It's loaned to the government with interest. Okay? So the Federal Reserve loans the money to the government, and then they put it into circulation. So what that means is that eventually you get to a point like we are now, where the debt and the interest on the debt exceeds the output capacity of the country. We can't pay it off. It's impossible. In fact, I'll go deeper than this story in some ways. If we paid off the debt, there wouldn't be any money left. Our money is loaned into existence. I know that's hard to understand, but here's what makes this worse. All the money that supposedly exists in our country doesn't really exist. Because the banks then do the same thing with the money. So you go to the bank and you put $100,000 in your bank account. The bank turns around and loans $90,000 of your $100,000 out. Okay? As that money comes back in, they do it again. Now they loan out, let's say eighty to make it easy, round numbers, eighty thousand of the new ninety thousand, and they loan it and they loan it and they do this nine times over. And your hundred thousand dollars has become inside our economy, roughly a million dollars. It just doesn't seem possible, but it's how it works. If you want to dig deeper and understand the mathematics behind it, you can go to the Federal Reserve website and they'll explain it to you. They don't even hide it. They create money by loaning it, and reloaning it, and reloaning it, and reloaning it. And one bank loans it to the other that loans it back, and all of a sudden, 100000 has become a million. So, even if we look at all the money that's out there supposedly, it's not really all there. And as soon as things start to fall apart, just like the real estate market. I warned you about that before it happened. Financial weapon of mass destruction. When the derivatives against the real estate market fell, the market crash in real estate didn't just crash the real estate market, it crashed the entire economy. That's what really happened. And it's the same principle at work there. So sticking with the economic collapse for now, and these stories all mesh together. You'll see how they mesh together at the end. You'll understand why this is a big Shitstorm waiting to hit us. Um, after what I just told you, you should understand that the only thing that makes new money possible in our economy, with any sense of credibility behind it, is when you spend your money to buy a T-bill and loan it to the government. Okay, so You're loaning your own money to the government in return for some interest, and the Fed makes their share. Or when a Chinaman or an Englishman or a European, or the nation itself of China, or the nation itself of the United Kingdom, or the nation itself of Australia, buys U.S. T-bills. That's the fresh water into the system. That's what keeps it from being a totally closed-loop system, and it's what keeps it somewhat honest. Now, what do you think the Federal Reserve does when they need to print $2 trillion, and they can only sell $400 billion worth of T-bills? Do you think they tell the government, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You can only have $400 billion of the $2 trillion you want. No. They have another way to do this. Enter re-entry of the Ponzi scheme. What the Fed does, then, is buy its own debt. So the Fed issues a Treasury note, creates money in a computer system designed to buy the note, buys it back itself lends the new money into existence with nothing underlying it whatsoever, and then lends the resulting numbers from a computer, that's all they are, to the government, who then forces it into the economy through the banking system. And money has just actually now been created out of thin air. Before, at least somebody else had to come in and bring their Ponzi scheme funds in to make it happen. Or we're recirculating dollars. In this instance, when the Federal Reserve buys its own debt, we're literally, at that point, just printing money. And that's the end. That's when the Ponzi scheme starts to fall apart. So, my friends, what amount, what percentage of the debt did the Federal Reserve buy from itself in 2009? A, 10%. B, 30% C, 60% D, 80% Or E, 100% The answer is D. 80% of its own debt, 80% of the treasuries issued in 2009 were completely counterfeit. Is the only way to describe it. The Federal Reserve created money to buy its own T-bills in a computer and put that money into our economy. Eight cents out of ten. Eighty cents on the dollar. For every trillion dollars, $800 billion was absolutely 100% counterfeit money. But legal counterfeiting under our currently screwed up system. So, the first article tells you that we're entering a point where we can't pay off our debt, and there's no way to do it, and we can't just print money, and then the second article says, well, we can kind of just print money, here are the consequences, and we've already done it. Now, do you see why the Chinese government is saying things to the United States like, hey, 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 you guys got to quit doing this stuff. We're holding billions of dollars worth of your bonds. You are devaluing your bonds. Why would you do this? See, eventually, the Chinese or anybody else comes to the government and says, we'd like our money back, please, plus our interest. We bought these T-bills at 2% interest. So we bought, 100, I have $100 million worth of treasury bills. You owe me $105 million, $110 million, depending on how long they held the bond for. It could be $120 million. I want my money, I want my interest, give it to me. Well, the government now has to actually come up with the money to cover the bond. And they have to pull it out of circulation, convert it to a Chinese currency. And, well, actually, they pay it back in dollars, and the Chinese convert it to their own currency, for instance. But they have to pay it back. Now, you get into a situation where you can't pay your debts. If you're anybody but the government, you can't pay your debt. Sorry, it's, it's too bad. You're going bankrupt. But what the government does is say, if we just make more money, we'll create inflation. And now the $120 million That we give to the Chinese, no matter what they've done right in their economy, it won't matter. We've so devalued our money that when we give them 120 million, it's really like it's costing us 80 million. So we dissolve our debt through inflation. It's exactly what our government's been doing. And it's worked up till now. And now it's too big. The reverse pyramid of the Ponzi scheme has gotten too large. And we can't do it anymore. So now we just start creating money from thin air. Because now we're not taking the U.K.'s money and recirculating it, your money and recirculating it, Argentina's money and recirculating it, and pulling it out and taking a piece of it and keeping it, taking a piece of it and giving it to China, and then getting them to put their money back in. Everybody's saying, give me my money, or at least I'm not putting more in. You want $2 trillion this year? Collectively, your creditors are only willing to give you $400, $400 billion. You have a $1.6 trillion shortfall, and you basically, this is what our government basically did. Went in the back room and fired up the printer and printed out a few trillion dollar bills to cover the difference. But we just can't keep doing that. And that makes the problem going forward worse. You know all that stimulus money that was used to create jobs that didn't create any jobs? It was wasted money. That's where it came from. Printed into existence. By the Federal Reserve buying 80% of its own debt. I know this is hard to understand, so I'm going to give it to you in a way that will make it easier for you to understand. Just understand that the reality is far worse than the scenario I'm about to give you. You have an American Express card. Well, let's say a MasterCard, because American Express wants all their money. MasterCard with $25,000 worth of, of credit limit on it. And you owe $25,000 on that card. And MasterCard says to you, we're calling the entire balance due right now, because we think you're in trouble. Give us our 25000 And you can go into litigation and whatever, but you know if you don't give them the 25, your credit line with MasterCard is dead. The only way that you're going to save it is to pay them their 25,000. If you do that, they'll actually go, okay, you were good for it, and they'll start, they might reduce what you can borrow down to 20, but they'll let you start charging on it again. And you need that to happen for whatever stupid reason you've created in your life. Over here you have a Visa card. On that Visa card, you have a $30,000 credit line. You go to that Visa card, and you use it, and you pay $25,000 to MasterCard. Now you owe Visa $25,000. But you have a $5,000 headspace there. And they start charging you interest. And you immediately charge the MasterCard back up to $10,000. And both of those debts continue to grow, even if you pay the minimums on them, right? Right? pay the minimums, you'll never pay them off and you keep charging and charging now all of a sudden you hit that reduced credit limit of $20,000 on the MasterCard and you need to at least pay them $1,000 so you run over to Visa and charge a 1000 bucks. I'll take the money and pay it off you're in crisis mode and it has to end all you can do is basically you're like a guy treading water and if a boat doesn't come by at some point you can't tread water anymore and you're going to sink That's our federal reserve system. That's our federal economy right now. We're treading water. We're burning the candle at both ends, so to speak. And sooner or later, they're going to meet in the middle, and it's going to fall apart. That's where we are economically. Now, they can do all kinds of manipulation, because they can do things that the guy in debt can't. They can go out and raise taxes. Right? They can go out and print more money. They've done it. They have printed 80% of the money, completely counterfeit. But even that system can only go so long. Because every time they print more money, they devalue the money in your pocket. We are so close to what they call a Weimar Republic, which is what happened to Germany after World War I, before World War II. We are so close to a Zimbabwe. We are so close to a point in time where the American dollar becomes worthless. or so devalued, it might as well be worthless. Or more likely a point where we have to admit that it's gone and as a nation declare bankruptcy and then create a new currency out of the ashes and turn to people and say basically we've done a reverse stock split cash in your american dollars and get your new american dollars at a 10 to 1 loss so the guy that had a million dollars now has a hundred thousand dollars in the new economy the guy that has a hundred thousand dollars now has ten thousand dollars in the new economy the guy that had a thousand dollars now has a hundred dollars in the new economy. And it could be worse than that. This is the only way out. Eventually, it's the only way for the government to pay its bills and its debt and deal with the Ponzi scheme of Medicare and Social Security. It's at this point. It's something that eventually must occur, unless we bring things back into common sense. But what are the likelihood that that would actually occur at this point? How much likelihood is there that your government will actually admit what it's done to you? Or are they just going to stick their fingers in their ears, cover their eyes, pretend it's okay, continue to lie, amass as much wealth as they can, if they're the people that know what's going on, and just before the ship sinks, they take everything that they can and they flee this country so that you won't kill them. See, I don't think that we're going to have all these tinfoil hat New World Order scenarios. Because if you're one of the people that's running this country into the ground right now, that's going to make the money worthless, so you can't even pay your soldiers with it anymore, who have family who are being hurt just as bad by what you've done as anybody else, that won't side with you, that won't be your shock troops. It can't happen the way they're doing this. They're destroying the ship. So, when you've destroyed a ship and it's going down, do you stay on it attempt to maintain order and control the crew? If you're an evil captain? No. You get in the only lifeboat and you haul ass and you wave goodbye to them and say, I'll send a boat back for you. Right? You take the guys that were in on... You have to have some guys on the boat that were on the inside with you. Right? And they might even look like low-level guys so that you're trusted when you go. There's only one life raft. There's only enough room. We'll, we'll send help. And then they leave you for the boat to sink. That's a real tragedy that's going to happen in this country. And I have more evidence for that if you just look at everything that's going on and think rationally and logically. What would I do if I was a power elite in this country at this point? And I knew the things that I'm hearing today on the Survival Podcast. And trust me, they know. Would I A, stay here and try to keep an empire that I've burned to ashes? Or would I B, take my spoils of war and go somewhere else? And where would they go? China? Brazil? Argentina? Anywhere other than here. And I have people that I talk to that are quite well off that tell me, why don't you plan to go too? You know, if that's what's going to happen, and these people believe it too, then why don't you plan to go too? Because I'm an American, damn it, and this is my home, that's why. Because I'll be smart about the way that I fight the battle, but I will stand and fight. I ain't leaving. And I hope there's a lot of you out there that are patriots that way, too. When they go, and when it burns, my response will be, good riddance. Let's put this place back together. And I'm not saying no one from the old regime will stay behind because there's dupes in there. There's idiots in there. There's true believers in there that think they're doing the right thing. It's not like we won't have anybody to contend to. It won't all be sunshine, lollipops, and unicorn farts, folks. It'll be a very, very dark day. But I'll stand here and I'll stand through it. Because I believe that what we have is worth fighting for. And what we have is worth putting back together. And I'll tell you what. At least there's at least some people in government that feel the same way. Very few of them. One is Ron Paul. And he has the last story that I want to talk about today. Um, and let you know what he said. And I got this email from tons of people that saw this video. And it's called a dire warning from Ron Paul, and um, it's pretty sobering. Let me tell you the basics of what Ron says in this video. And again, I'll have a link to it so you can listen to it. Now you gotta understand, this is a United States congressman that's been serving in our government for a very long time, a man that worked inside the Reagan administration, the only honest congressman that I really know of. I, there's some that are, yeah, they're all kind of okay, but I see them like the good guy in professional wrestling. Right? they tell you what you want to hear so you believe them but really they're back choreographing what they're doing with, their, with the bad guy You know, when they're not out there wrestling Ron is the guy that's outside going the whole system's fake but I'm inside it because I got in because you helped me get in and I'm telling you what's really going on behind the closed doors and most people are going leave us alone we like the entertainment and Ron's saying you don't really like the entertainment because it's not wrestling It has a lot bigger consequences so in his video, here's what Rod has basically said. That all of these things I've just told you are true and that they'll come to pass. And we're, we're, we're approaching the abyss. We're approaching the point of no return where we can't stop it. That we're very close to that point and we have to act now. And we're probably not going to act now. Even though he wants to act, he doesn't have enough support to do anything about this. And then as this starts to collapse, the first thing that will happen is basically a run on the dollar. Everybody will start trying to convert their dollars into commodities like gold, silver, anything. Land, food, you name it. They want to spend the money now because it's devaluing so fast. You could actually, when you go to hyperinflation, what you could buy today becomes less, not next month, not next year, but tomorrow. So you start to go in, a bag of bread is $4 today. You go back to the store tomorrow, it's four fifty. You go back to the store the next day, it's $5. You go back to the store the next day, it's $7. Because now inflation as a percentage has a, a, a higher basis to increase on. And everybody starts freaking out. And then if you put your money into other currencies, Brazil's currency, China's currency, it won't matter. For short term anyway, it's going to collapse all the world's currencies because all the other global currencies aren't holding gold in reserve or silver in reserve or commodity in reserve. They have the dollars there were the world reserve. We bring the whole thing down around us. Once that happens, they need money to come in, so interest rates go up. That makes the problem worse. We can raise interest rates now and go through a little pain, or wait till then and raise them, and then we go into runaway interest rates. And that totally blows the confidence in the rest of the world and they all pull out and America stands alone and while everybody gets hurt we get hurt the worse and political chaos and revolution become the result that's what's in this warning by Ron and he goes on from there and he goes on from there to say that as this chaos erupts that the very people of the nation the citizenry will be the ones that say you know, we need more government enforcement, we need more protection, they'll bring the crackdown upon on themselves. Because out of fear and not being prepared to deal with the situation, they will allow the entire thing to come down. Further, as that collapse ensues, it'll be like a mutiny on a ship. This is my terminology, not his. Where a small portion of the crew realizes what's going on and declare mutiny, and the captain and the, uh, the, the elites that are going to get away on the lifeboat turn the crew on each other and maybe they throw a few off the ship right, that's what's going to happen in fact, you know what, let me do this I'm going to go ahead, and it's about a five minute speech from Ron Paul I'm going to go ahead and play that and then I'll come back and wrap the show up for you so that you can actually hear Ron for yourself again, United States Congressman Ron Paul from Texas giving you the truth about what the government is doing to our economy
0: It's impossible to predict the time when confidence will be lost, but it can come quickly. Resorting to buying other paper currencies will not be of much help. When the dollar crashes, most likely the purchasing power of all currencies, since all currencies hold dollars as a reserve, will go down as well. This means that dollars and other currencies will go into buying consumer items, precious metals, and other physical properties. Consumer prices will soar as well as interest rates. The central bank will lose control, and the more they inflate, the worse the confidence becomes. The interest rates will respond to these efforts by rising sharply. If the Fed tries to reverse the run on the dollar, interest rates will also soar, and the pain on American citizens will be of such proportion that political chaos will result. Either scenario leads to political and social chaos, the third event, and the most dangerous. With no ability of the federal government to fund its commitments, international or domestic, major changes will occur in our system. The social unrest will elicit cries for government to exert unusual force to head off a complete breakdown of law and order. The ultimate trap will be set for a system of government claiming to protect a free society. If more power and police authority are not given to the federal government, it will be argued that only anarchy will result. If more government policing power is given, it will mean a lethal threat to civil liberties. Already, we have permitted the notion that a single person, the Attorney General or the President, can decide who is an enemy combatant, thus denying that individual the right of habeas corpus, permitting indefinite detentions without charges made. This attitude towards civil liberties has changed significantly since the fear built around 9-11. Yes, I know, declaring one an enemy combatant is reserved only for the radical Muslims engaged in terrorism against the United States. To be reassured by this reasoning is quite dangerous and naive. Logic should not lead us to equate suspects with terrorists and include American citizens. And yet, this has already been set by precedent. Under difficult circumstances, our political leaders will not be hesitant to use these powers to maintain order. Tragically, the people may even demand it. We are rapidly moving toward a dangerous time in our history. Society as we know it is vulnerable to political and social unrest. This impending crisis comes as a consequence of our flawed foreign and domestic economic policies, a silly notion about money, ignorance about central banking, and ignoring the onerous power and mischief of -of out-of-control intelligence agencies. Our unsustainable welfare state and a willingness to sacrifice privacy and civil liberties in an attempt to achieve safety and security from an inept government. Dangerous times indeed. What can be done about it? Must we wait for the inevitable and expect to restore our liberties in a street fight against the overwhelming power of the state? Not a good option. The only way that we we can prevent blood from running in the streets is to offer a better idea of the proper role of government in a society that desires first and foremost liberty. And that is impossible without a firm commitment by our thought leaders to the ideas of freedom. The source of all creative energy and prosperity an all powerful state is the threat to that ideal. The prevailing attitude of the people as it once was in early America must be that of liberty and self-reliance rather than the nanny state and dependency. Rely on, on the government force to mold all private choices. If this is understood, a smooth, although not painless, transition to a free society is achievable. Ignoring this option will be very destructive to everything that is dear to the hearts of most Americans. What is it that we must do? We must immediately embark on Balance the budget by reducing spending. Change our foreign policy so to that of non-intervention. A full audit and more supervision of the Federal Reserve, leading to abolishing the Federal Reserve. Legalize competition to the Federal Reserve with competing currencies. Regain respect for civil liberties and privacy while reining in the CIA. Wean ourselves off the dependence of wealth transfers by government. Abolish crony capitalism, no subsidies, no bailouts, no regulatory or tax privileges to protect the powerful elite, especially the military-industrial complex. Eliminate the income tax, the inheritance tax, and taxes on savings and dividends. None of this can happen without the restoration of Congress to its dominant position of the three branches of government, as was originally intended by the Constitution. The executive and the judicial must be reined in and Congress must assert its prerogatives over all legislation curtailing all unconstitutional agenda through budgetary controls. Signs abound that angry Americans are now more ready than ever before for a change in direction that is indeed real. If this program were improvised, even suddenly and dramatically, the adjustment, though significant, and to a degree somewhat painful, would be much shorter and of minor consequence compared to the chaos and poverty that will result if we refuse to change our gluttonous appetite for a free lunch.
1: So there you go. I mean, that's probably what I should have done is instead of trying to explain the speech, I should have just played it for you. And sometimes I forget I'm at home and it's easier for me to do things like that. Even when the power's out with my little backup system, it's, it's not that hard to do things like that. So maybe I'll do that more. I'll try to remind myself that when I have a politician saying something, just like talk radio, I can bring it in for you and let you hear it from the source. So I want you to sum total what I've told you today. I want you to see the connections between all five events. We started out with a story about a little town called Hazel, Texas, that had one water main break. And to save the town and bring water back, it takes assistance from what looks like 15 other cities to fix one water main. And we saw the shelves and all the stores inside of that little town vacated. And we know the true story because a listener named Ann And a commenter on the blog or the the, the news site told us the rest of the story. We know that the shelves are empty of water because somebody told us that from a little blurb in a news story that's not online. And we know that all of these other municipalities have been called in to help because one guy made a phone call to get an answer and reported what the answer was. And we know that the government is incompetent in this one little thing And it's only an area, let's say 10 miles in diameter, which is bigger than it really is, where that effect is going on. And we have to look at that and say, everything's beautiful right now. Everything's wonderful right now. Hell, people are out of water. People are out of water. And on the day people are really out of water, it rains to give them water. And they still can't get water. And the government still can't fix it. Then we go into the dark regions. You hear from a top economist who says, Medicaid is now in the red. Social Security is in the red as of this year. These two holes will continue to expand, and everything is going to fall into them, and we have reached a point where nothing can be done. The next thing we do is we turn and we look, and we look at the national debt, which the Social Security and Medicare things are big parts of, and find out that it's mathematically impossible to repay the debt. Then we can never pay the debt, and then Jack tells you even if we did pay the debt, it would dissolve all the money. There'd be no money left. The entire system is based on debt, which you should have already known if you've been listening to this show. Then we find out that last year, 80% of the money loaned into existence was bought by the person lending it. The person lent themselves the money on paper and generated 80% of new currency out of thin air. Not the way we normally say it, but truly out of thin air. By pushing some buttons on a computer. If anybody did this in the private sector, it's what Enron did, sort of. They would go to jail. But since they're the government, they can keep doing it. And then, from there, we wrap up with a warning by who might be the only honest congressman in existence today that says, all of these things are real. There is a point at which the system will lose confidence in America's monetary status. We will lose our credit rating, and when it does, we will have dire consequences. We will have the issuing of martial law, and the people that should be opposing it, the very population that is going to be cracked down on, will at first call for it and beg for it. And that the things that were set up to protect us from terrorists, quote-unquote, will be turned against the population this has been done countless times throughout our history. This is not me, this is not some whack job in Arlington that does a podcast every day saying this. It's a United States congressman that's been around for so long that he worked inside of the Reagan administration. Right. This is the professional wrestler that's coming out and telling you it's all fake. This guy's not a good guy, and this is not a bad guy, and the blood is real, but it's choreographed. If you don't believe that guy, who are you going to believe? Now, like I said, today's kind of a dark show. Maybe because I'm sitting in a dark office, running on backup power, and I don't have uh, the typical uh, mood that I have when I'm podcasting. I don't have the aggressiveness when I used to be in the car driving doing this. I don't have my happy home all bright and shiny, and it's raining and dreary and wet and muddy, and the dog's stuck inside, and he's miserable. Maybe I'm a little darker today than normal. But it's only because it's real. And you have the opportunity now to prepare to deal with the situation. And I'm going to tell you, and I don't want you to misunderstand what I mean by this, you have plenty of time. You have plenty of time to go out and convert some of your money into food, which will feed you when your money will not. You have plenty of time to go out and set up ways to to, to harvest your own water. You have plenty of time to start building gardens and long-term permaculture projects that will feed you. You have plenty of time To build backup emergency power systems for you. So that you're not shut down because the lights went out like they did for me today. So that you can carry on and do what you're supposed to do. See, isn't that the point? Even though my power is gone, my power to communicate is not. I will still get through to my audience. Because I'm prepared for that eventuality. Well, this is a minor inconvenience. I expect my lights to be on another hour or so. The most might come on in the last few minutes before I finish. That would be nice. It will make uploading easier. You have plenty of time to do these things as long as you start doing them now. Plenty of time does not mean you can sit on your ass and wait and hope that it will get better and not be an active participant in your life. You are out of time to not be an active participant in your own life. These things are accelerated. They've been talked about for Decades. You're now living at the time where they come to be. Do you understand that the way Social Security works today, that about two people work to support one that does not? They could literally send you a picture of your old person. This is your old person. In another ten years, if it's still, if they're still floating it, you'll, it'll be one-to-one by then. It's like adopting a child in China, or, or South America, or Africa. You know, the, the, the charity thing. Here's your picture of little Matumbo. When you send $29 a month, he gets to go to school and he gets shoes and he gets food. Only it's not $29, it's thousands of dollars, and it barely lets that person get shoes and food. And that system is crumbling. The days of the empire are over. This nation is going to go back to being a federal republic one way or another. It can do it in a calm way, like Ron said, accepting the hardships that come with making the change now. Or it can come out the side of a very, very bad time, where a lot more people will suffer a lot more. And I don't know what the choice is going to be. I know that my instincts are that they will never let go, and that the average person will never wake up. And as long as as 80% of the people are asleep, and right now it's 98% of the people are asleep, as long as that many people are asleep, as long as people think that Republicans will fix it or Democrats will fix it, we're screwed. Because it's not about Republican or Democrat. It's about sound monetary policy. It's about constitutionality. Like I said, I have no problem with a Democrat. I am a more conservative person financially. I am a more liberal person socially. But we should follow the Constitution and we should not ignore mathematics. We have not followed the Constitution. We have ignored mathematics. And the consequences are here and now. The positive aspects are, you don't have to be without. You can continue to have power, even if the power fails. Because the power rests in you. And you have the capacity to do something no other living creature on the planet can do. See what the future will bring and set up contingency planning for when that gets here. The best a squirrel can do is bury a nut and hope he remembers where it is. That requires a nut to be there, and that requires the seasons to change, and that requires everything to work out, and it requires no one to steal his nut. He cannot sit down and plan for multiple scenarios. Even the ant that we esteem here and say, be like an ant, plan for the winter, because the winter always comes, even the ant is limited All the ant can do is go out and she gathers and brings it back and puts it in her nest and has a place for her community to survive and hopes for the best. But the ant has to plan for winter to be as long as it normally is and the temperature that it normally is. You can plan for anything, but that's up to you. Start converting cash into assets, not just gold and silver. That's what a gold and silver salesperson tells you pay off your debts when this crash happens they're still going to want their money the people that tell you "Oh, when a crash comes your debt will be meaningless no it won't no it won't you think it'll go away? they'll come take what little you have left get rid of the debt then take the surplus that the debt elimination creates invest it in food and food production invest it in energy and energy production yes, make metals part of your plan. People that say, well, I don't think silver will be worth anything if we have a crash, because people, you don't understand, you're myopic, you see five minutes into the crash. I'm trying to take you a lifetime through the crash and out the other side. The metals are a commodity that are convertible into any currency. Be that a new U.S. currency, or if you ever have to leave... A currency anywhere in the world. It is an anonymous way to do business. It is the last remaining way. It has to be a piece, not all, not even half, but a piece, 10% for God's sakes, of what you're holding and you call an asset. You've got to have a place that you own that's yours, that can't just be taken away from you. You have to find a way to minimize taxation consequences on that place. That's why i get the hell out of the city if I were you. If you want to stay in suburbia, fine. I won't put you down. But I would feel more comfortable away from that environment, away from massive taxation. Get out. Have two places you can go to, not just one. Two is one, one is none. If the fight comes, fight the fight legally, constitutionally. Do things the right way. Keep your head down. In certain situations, keep your mouth shut. For a guy with a big mouth, I know it doesn't sound right, but trust me. When somebody comes and says, do you have any guns here? They'll go, yeah, you can't have them. Say no. Or say, yeah, I have a shotgun and a handgun and see what their intentions are. And then give them your $70 break-action shotgun and your $100 high nine millimeter and say, that's all I got. They'll believe you because you gave them to them. And don't be disarmed. Give away your junk. That's why you should have a few junk guns. Store food. Learn to prepare food. Learn to be prepared. Don't just be like the ant. The ant is only one step in the right direction. Be a human. And for 10,000 years, human beings basically took care of themselves. And for the last thousand, we've relied on government to do it for us. And it's been an abysmal experiment. The more control a government has, the more misery it creates for its people. The less control a government has, the more prosperity its people can create for itself. I don't care how much power your government thinks it has. The real power rests in you. You take the actions. You do the things that are necessary. If you've been listening to this show long enough now, you know what they are. If you haven't been listening to this show for a long time, you just heard it today, go back through the archives. I'll help you find your own answers. I give you no answers on this show. I give you suggested solutions. You take the information. You do what you like with it. But by by God, take action. That's the most important thing that you can do. And with that, I will wrap up. And remember, you control your destiny. No matter what the other people do, you control your destiny. It's your choice. Make the right one. Form your plan that's right for your family and your situation. And above all, act on it. This is been Jack Spirico with another edition of the Survival Podcast. Helping you figure out how to live that better life. Make sure you're underway. Or even if they
0: don't.
1: You can scream and you can holler. It really doesn't matter because it all gets spent.